You are listening to Joygasm, a video game and movie podcast. I'm Russ, Xbox Live Toaster 360. He is Steve, Xbox Live Stevevich. And joining us once again is Nick, a.k.a. Big Baby Moose, in episode 167 today, April 4th, 2020. We're going to be catching up with each other before diving right into our topic of the day, which is our 2020 next-gen video game predictions, which you can fast forward to if you look at the timestamps located below. Otherwise, just keep on listening. Nick, welcome back to the program. Why, thank you for having me. It is a delight. It's been too long. It has been a long time. Very long time. But it is good to be back with my bros. <laughs> I feel as though the circle is once again complete. Wouldn't you agree, Steve? Yeah, we can now uh, hold hands in a circle. Digital circle, that is. Yes, social distancing, very important. <laughs> Don't touch Sad me. Took- Don't touch me. <laughs> <laughs> Sad that it took social distancing to get us back together, but here we are. <laughs> okay, fine. You can touch me. No, don't touch me. <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Get away from me. Oh, I touched you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, what has been going on? How how are things up in the great state of Washington? Washington. Well, I would imagine like every place, it's kind of crazy right now. You know, the COVID-19 stuff is very real, especially here being this was ground zero for the U.S., but... Uh, don't want to be too, too depressing with that stuff. But I've learned that um, I'm glad I didn't get my teaching degree because homeschooling my kids is... Uh, it's the best. Well, it sucks. No, no, oh. it sucks. It's awful. <laughs> um, I, I can do it. They're, they're close to getting expelled. Yeah, their teacher is actually going to get disbarred, I think, actually, is what's going to happen first. But yeah, yeah. Um, if that can happen to teachers. <laughs> I don't know what happens to teachers. They get tenure and they stay around forever, like Mr. Brido. You remember Mr. Brido? Oh, my goodness, yes. That uh, sad sack of a man, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So and maybe there's no there's no getting out of this for me. I don't know. But if he's the example, I, I, I imagine I'm stuck. But aside from that, uh, things, all things considered, have been pretty well. I've been uh, doing a little bit of work from home, obviously the school teaching stuff, doing the homeschooling. And then I've also been sneaking in a fair bit more game time than I've had in the last six, seven months. So that's been kind of cool. I've been playing some, nice. some Animal Crossing because what's better than being on a isolated, you know, beautiful island where everything is perfect? You know, that's a, it's a good, good escape mm-hmm. right now. Indeed. Well, plus two, not having to be on the road, that is a plus, I'm sure, because I know for your particular occupation, you're on the road quite a bit. And so with you not having to do that in its uh, current state, at least I'm assuming you don't have to be on the road, uh, then that translates into either more productivity for your job or, as I like to look at it, more gaming time. Well, let me tell you something. (laughs) You are not wrong. (laughs) <laughs> yes, indeed. I've not been on the road and it has been fantastic because traffic makes me want to like, I don't know, drop kick a box of kittens. And why would you yes. do that? Only if you're a very frustrated man, which driving in our traffic makes me a frustrated man. So it's good to not do that. And yeah, I mean, I've been trying all kinds of, I mean, I, yeah, I've been playing Animal Crossing, but I've been trying all kinds of games. I've been having to sit on my backlog. I 
dove back into some Resident Evil 2, which I can only play that for about 40 minutes before I think I'm out of a coronary. And then uh, <laughs> been dabbling in The Witcher 3. And let's see what else. I finally finished Jedi Fallen Order, which that was great. Great game. Enjoyed Congratulations. that. Congratulations. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I've just been kind of like just trying all kinds of different stuff out. Finally jumped into the first Ori game because the second one came out. I'm like, oh, I still need to do that. Let me try some of that. Oh. Started, started some of the original. And yeah, that part of it has been good. That I've gotten to taste a little bit of a lot of things. Now, of course, I probably should just pick one and finish it. But, eh, you know, ADD, what can I say? Now, uh, rewinding you up a bit. So now all three of us have actually made it through Jedi Fallen Order. And let's just talk about a certain spoiler that I, I, I think is safe enough to talk about with regards to the, uh, the, the toward the last part of the game. Uh, was that not just a huge payoff? Or like, actually, let me back it even farther than that. Were you aware of that big event that transpires at the end? Or was it spoiled for you due to the interwebs? Are you talking about certain somebody that shows up? I'm talking about a certain cameo, if you will. Yeah, yeah. No, I, see, I was very good about avoiding spoilers. I generally am pretty good about that. If I'm going to play something, especially uh, a single player experience, I basically will avoid seeing anything bad to the point where I'll even mute, like, for instance, the word Jedi Fallen Order. Um, mm-hmm. in like my Twitter mentions and stuff just so I can't see anything. And I'm glad I did because, yeah, that was like, oh, dang, not expecting this. And uh, he's frightening. We'll just put it that way. They did such a great job to Respawn Entertainment with it's, it's such a short scene, but having the, the persona of that particular character there, I was I was floored. Like, like that was uh, such a I don't know a Twitter painting moment, if you will. I, I, I want to know because, because, because you, Nick, you can be quite the excited man when it comes to gaming. You're, you're a passionate man. You, you, you do not hold back when it comes to certain uh, displays of euphoria or joygasms, if you will. Indeed. And uh, what I want to know, did, was there some sort of exclamation, whether it was physical or verbal when that uh, part was revealed to you? Okay, well, just to set it, just thinking about this, I've got goosebumps because I was just like, oh my gosh, no way. I was floored. Like, initially, it's stunned, and then it went immediately from stunned and like that cool, like, fanboy effect of, oh my gosh, to, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh no, this is bad, this is so bad, this is so bad. I'm just like, I gotta, I gotta do something. I gotta do, can I fight this? There's no way I'm powerful enough for this. And I was not powerful enough for it. So it went quickly from total fanboying out and being super stoked to, oh, good Lord, I'm going to (laughs) die. This is bad, (laughs) you know, to just complete an utter panic. Um, The the closest thing I can think of to describe it to, uh, oddly enough, which just came out, would be uh, the first time I played Resident Evil 3 Nemesis. And the first time you heard the tyrant say, stars, and you're just like, what is that? And then you see the thing come running at you, and you just had to run for your life. I don't know if you guys have played that game at all. Um, Steve has. Back, I'm imagining you have, because I know you guys are the ones that showed to be Resident Evil, so I'm assuming you played it. Right? Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, th- yeah. that that made me panic like crazy. I, no other thing has made me panic like that. This was close. Um, I just was like, oh, my gosh. I just, like, I, is someone going to save me? How am I going to get out of this? Like, I don't. 
think I can beat this particular character. And uh, I was right. And then, you know, I'm thinking, well, I know I've gotten a lot better at the game. I'm pretty good at the, the different mechanics, you know, and maybe this is just going to be a really hard fight. <laughs> yeah, really hard fight. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say things went down the way they had to go down. We'll put it that way. But I don't want to spoil too much for the people, but I'm telling you, there aren't a ton of studios out there making great single player experiences anymore, especially on the triple A end. Um, if you have not experienced Jedi Fallen Order and you are even remotely interested in Star Wars or just remotely interested in a, a good action adventure game, play the game. Play the game. Support yeah. support single player experiences. They're a dying breed. Yeah, I, I totally understand what you mean by getting the chills. I personally uh, had so many chills that they made their way up into Stevie Wonders around my areolas. So it... Uh, oh was in fact a very memorable time indeed. Uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna have to step away from the uh, podcast for a minute. I need to go do something after hearing that. Oh, very, very hot and bothered. Pray tell is that? Oh, <laughs> very oh. hot and bothered. I need a moment. <laughs> I gotta compose myself. Uh, Steve. Oh, yeah. What is happening, <clears throat> my brother? What What have you been up to lately? What have you been playing? What have you been watching? Well. I will say that after you completed Ori, that um, I, I decided to put that one to, to rest a little bit, a little break, a little time in the corner. What? Yeah, you know, um, not that I'm not going to go finish it, but I really wanted to be the one to tell you what's up. And so now that you beat the game, I, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to play it, Russ. You know, I'm still going to play it, but there has been something that has taken up my available time and i will say that uh big baby moose will chime in on this one because uh last time we were all together we were talking about this that and the other about what we were seeing watching slapping and (laughs) (laughs) nick said that we had to watch Daredevil. Oh. And so I finally got my Netflix to work before I pulled out my remaining hair. And lo and behold, everything that was on my list before Netflix went out has now been taken away. I guess the licensing ran up. I don't know. Netflix streaming just is not that great, but... Um, at least some of the programs are good, but if you want to watch something, um, you better watch it within like three months, four at the most, or else it's just going to go away and who knows when it's going to ever going to come back. So mm-hmm. I went through and put some stuff on my list and one of them was Daredevil. And so the wife made a nice dinner for us and she says, well, what do you want to watch? And I said, well, what do you want to watch? And she goes, let's watch X-Men. And I said, mm, I think I'm a little bit X-Men out actually. <laughs> what, do you, what are, you, are you feeling Marvel? Because, you know, I got some stuff, you know, that we, Netflix has got some stuff on Marvel. I said, what about Daredevil? We haven't seen that before. She goes, I never heard of it. I want to watch it. I said, I heard it's actually pretty good <laughs> from a reliable source. And she mm. says, okay, let's watch it. So we've been watching that all week and we're almost done with season one and it's fantabulous, Russ. I think you would mm. love it. Yeah. I've been told many times. I had, after la- la- watching last night's episode, I thought, why didn't I ever pick up this comic book and read it? 
way back when in junior high. I don't even know. I think it was because I, I saw X-Men and I, X-Men have a lot of cool costumes. They have a lot of cool powers. I love a lot of, of the characters, but I didn't, but they have their own little individual stories, but they weren't nearly complex as the story in Daredevil. And I'm here to tell you, it is absolutely fantastic. If this, if, if the actor ever comes to the Dallas Fan Expo, I'm going to be first in line. It, it is a very good show. We're almost done with season one. I think there's three seasons and um, I highly recommend it. But I have actually not been playing a single thing. All I've been doing is watching the show. Oh, wow. <laughs> it does that. It does that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, it's I- like... It's almost as if like you're it's it's a Bruce Wayne story, but a more humble Bruce Wayne. Matter of fact, I almost think Nick, you said something along that sort um, months ago when we were talking about this, um, because the actor or, or the, excuse me, the actor, the character, he's just a dude. Like he's a humble guy. He doesn't have. He's not. He doesn't have. He's not a superhero. He's just a guy who wants to make a, a positive difference, and he's kind of a vigilante. But um, he's just a normal guy. He's not nothing special about him. Kind of like Bruce Wayne, but Bruce Wayne at least has tons of money and he can afford to to, to make tech and stuff like that. This guy doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, when if you if you have to go back to California at some point, Russ, and you get back to your Netflix, I would highly suggest giving it a watch. So I've heard really good things about Daredevil. Like you said, Nick had talked to us about it, um, highly recommending it to us. And then the other program is Flash. Um, which I still have not watched yet either, but both Flash and Daredevil have been repeatedly told to me over and over, oh man, Russ, you would love these shows. You got to watch, you got to watch, got to watch. Nick, have you watched The Flash? Yeah, I have. I haven't watched it to the extent that I watched Daredevil. Um, it, it's a little bit different fare, I, I will say, but I mean, to to some degree, all the the CW shows are, whether it's you know Green Arrow or Arrow as it's known, Um uh, or the flash it's it's a good show though it's much more lighthearted. uh the the netflix ones like oddly enough the group of heroes that they picked to focus on for the netflix marvel um shows are all definitely a bit on the heavier darker side so it, it's going to be quite the juxtaposition you could say the the yin to the yang of a show like daredevil but it, it is fun and i mean barry allen the character is kind of a, you know, he's kind of like Spider-Man. He's a little bit of a smart ass and, uh, mm-hmm. that definitely shines through. He's kind of funny. He's quirky cause he's smart. And, um, a lot of those, those particular characteristics, I actually prefer the, the CW show F- flash actor and the way he portrays Barry Allen to the one who did it in the movies. I think he is a much better Barry Allen. When I think Barry Allen, he's more what I imagine. And the way that he displays and carries the character, I think, is more more true to that uh, DC comic legend. Um, what about the game itself? It, like with, with Injustice Two, um, the persona of Barry Allen in that game. Do you feel that that is more of a, a closer representation to what the show was like, or not? A little bit, but even that—that's kind of a darker theme too, because you've got half those heroes that have decided that, you know they need to just rule over everything and the humanity is expendable, including Superman. So even that you're getting a little bit more of a darker, right. um, 
a darker theme that shines through in the interactions and the particular um, dialogues and things that happen in that game. But I mean, yeah, I mean, he's still like how he has a lot of quips and things like that. Mm-hmm. Barry Allen still does have a fair bit of quips. He's like, a, I would describe his personality as far as like making little jokes and things. It's kind of like Spider-Man light. Uh, on the gotcha. show, he's not quite as witty as Spider-Man is. Spider-Man's always saying stuff. Um, he he isn't quite as verbose in making jokes, but he's definitely in that same kind of a, uh, I'd say, style of humor. Yeah, and that's that, and they show a lot of in the show. And the side the side characters are also pretty pretty funny and amusing. And but yeah, no, it, it, it's interesting. If you enjoy Marvel and DC stuff, you're going to watch the show and you're going to enjoy it most of the time. My wife okay. did not like it as much as Arrow, though. She likes Arrow a lot better. She's not big on the Flash. So whatever that means. That could just be because the guy who plays Arrow is cute. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Celeb crush. My okay. wife uh, is more of a beefcake kind of a guy. She she likes herself some Chris Hemsworth. Uh, I can't remember who the other one was. It was the, the guy who plays Jax from Sons of Anarchy. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Doesn't she like the... The Aquaman dude. Your, oh your yes, bear dude loves throwing axes and stuff. She wants Got more Jason of Mimosa. Talking about Jason, Jason Momoa. Mimosa. Yeah, <laughs> Steve has, has like permanently ruined my uh, way of saying his name because his name is Jason Momoa, but then Steve has started to call him Jason Mimosa. Oh, way to go! <laughs> now you've done it. <laughs> <laughs> So, Steve, is there anything else that you have uh, watched or played? No, absolutely nothing. Period. Nada. Well, I'm glad that you are into that that particular program, but I I will hope and pray, Steve, that you return to Ori and the Will of the Wisps. I will. Because you were making a a good, good, I think you were like what, like 60% 60 of the way through? Just about, yep, yep. I think a little over 60, yeah. So let me see here on my side of things. Um, I, okay. So my birthday came and went in the blink of an eye. It was like, boink! it would actually happen the day after our, our last uh, podcast recording it was on March 30th. And so that night, uh, due to the quarantine and everything else, I ended up watching Terminator dark fate, which I didn't watch in the theaters. The trailers didn't grab me or anything like that. After watching <laughs> it, um, it's still Weird. not um, as good as Terminator one or two. <laughs> But I will say, I will say, though, that it reminds me of when you have these rare, perfect storms. It's almost like you're putting these different ingredients into this this amazing formula. And when they're all present, then you have something that's that's very successful or very enjoyable. And I think when it comes to a film like this, having Arnold Schwarzenegger and uh, Linda Hamilton on screen together, um... It, it definitely pushed the sequel farther ahead of the pack from the other types of efforts that we've seen from the several other movies. In fact, in this particular film, there is a flashback sequence of where um, her son, John is back. Like you actually see, I don't know. Like, I, I assume they probably like did some sort of CG face on top of another actor or something, but you see like this younger Linda Hamilton in like, like Mexico, um, like on a beach somewhere. And you see John like up at the bar, like talking to the bartender. And then you see a younger Arnold Schwarzenegger as another Terminator coming in and basically taking John out. 
And it was literally like, just like a, maybe a three minute um, scene. But all of a sudden I was immediately whisked back to Terminator 2. And it was one of those, those types of scenarios where it once again became very front and center for me about how important it is that you do not mess with a winning formula. If you have a formula that works, then, then why do you, do you go um, away from it? And it's just like, I know Steve, you and I had watched uh, angry Joe give a review of, of this film. And I agreed with a lot of what he said, where you already have the, the foundation of these different characters and their relationships from the first two films. And this film effectively kind of wiped the slate clean. Like they, they essentially did away with John Connor and then, they brought in um, uh, this completely new, different cast. And I think the cast, you know, in terms of their acting chops and stuff, were fine, but there was a lack of this commanding presence that I think the original cast has. And I think that when you have a, um, a, a product like this that has such strong, memorable branding, I think it's you're, you're kind of playing with fire when trying to... to reset the story, so to speak. Like for instance, another example is like, apparently Skynet doesn't exist anymore. Now they have another, um, AI called Legion. And it's like, why though? <laughs> like Skynet is such a, a pop culture iconic reference to this type of film. And yet it's like, no, it, it just doesn't sound cool enough anymore. Now we, we're going to call it Legion. And I, I don't know. Anyway, well, I guess what I'm trying to say is you're not missing out. <laughs> well, that was a lot. Okay, I figured that was going to be the end result. I got a quick, quick question yeah. for you, though, on that note. Uh, you know, we kind of seen the same thing happen with Star Wars, right? You know, we, we grew up because yeah. we're all, you know, mid-late 30s or like me, over 40, because I'm an old man. Me too. Old man. And uh, yeah. Anyway, enough of that. But uh we grew up on Skywalker, right? I mean, that's that's our guy. That's the family name. That's what we followed from Luke and his adventures, and then the pre sequels with Anakin, and and then we have the, the latest stuff. And it seems almost like what you're seeing with a lot of these like triple A, like household name type things is they're trying to figure out a way to continue the story, and mm. it's almost like they don't want to they don't want to continue on this same path that they've been on with the the Lukes of the world or the, the traditional Terminator, the Linda Hamiltons, you know, her character, the Connor, the Connor family is what they're like, but they want to continue making movies and they want to continue the franchise. So they're trying to find a way to steer away from what we have followed for the last 30, 40 years into something new that's in the same universe. And I think that what you're seeing and you see it in both of these franchises is that it's really hard to go away from the core of what something was and try and completely remove yourself from it because there's emotional attachment, right? And when you have emotional attachment, there's expectation. And where there's expectation, that means there's expectations that can't be met. And so I think you can see things like that where like you're saying that this movie, well, it has some really good points and it was okay to watch because of the choices that they made. It kind of took away from what it was to make it kind of just a meh movie. And um, I think that that's what you're seeing. It's really hard to leave all of these characters and all of this story behind and go someplace new because where people are attached to it. And I think you see yeah. that. Um, as I say, the gosh, the last Terminator movie that I enjoyed oddly enough was one that was a little bit away, but it was the one with uh, Christian Bale in it where he was 
John Connor. That one wasn't bad. Yeah, that that actually was was pretty decent. I I don't think it was nearly as good as the first or second one, but yeah, no, if I were to compare not, all was, the different sequels, yeah. That's probably my favorite sequel outside of the the first the, you know, the first one obviously is a classic and then the second one was amazing. Um Yeah. Yeah, no, I just I think that's a really hard thing to do is to try and take these these franchises in completely new directions that sort of divorce them from everything that we know because we're still here, right? We're, we're still here. We're yeah. still very familiar with what came and we want more of that. And they're trying to create a new a new audience and new fans. And uh, I think it's a difficult thing to juggle. It's a difficult thing to juggle, but also too, I mean, one of the questions that I have is why not just hire the same actor who played John Connor? Because he's obviously older from 1992, and just continue on with those characters. I think that that's one of the big mysteries I have personally with Hollywood is you have folks, whether it's the cast or the crew that are still alive They're, They haven't passed away and everybody who's a fan of these things want, I mean, they, they would totally want to see um, all of these people come together and make a bonafide sequel. It's just bizarre to me how, there is this notion, like in this case, for instance, like when I'm watching Arnold Schwarzenegger and Linda Hamilton um, perform on screen with this latest movie, I love it. It's like, yeah, I don't care how old they are. It, it just works. And they've got great lines that they go back and forth on. The action scenes, they look great and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, when, when, it, when it comes to even the the director's chair, I know that they were trying to push heavily in the, the marketing campaign that James Cameron was one of the producers, but being a producer is fundamentally different than being in the director's chair. And, 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 oh, and you know, James Cameron, he's the brainchild behind the Terminator franchise. So there are certain things like that, that unfortunately I think will continue on um, for quite a long time. And I don't know if they'll ever wake up and be able to understand what's going on with it, but you see it happen time and time again. And the star Wars thing was like another example of that, where all Disney had to do was just maintain the same cast from four, five, and six. And they would have had another tremendously amazing uh, trilogy of seven, eight, and nine. But instead, they they decided to use them as like old relics and have them just be in these like melancholy situations or whatever else. And it, and it did not, um, you know, resonate with uh, the majority of the fans. So anyway, oh, we man. can talk about more about that uh, on a later thing? date. One oh, thing. One, one more thing. thing. On that note of what you said about the actors, and I'll just make this quick. I have to tip my hat to the movie Glass because they brought oh. everybody back, including the son as a grown man. Bruce That's true. Yes, they did. And I thought that that was fabulous. So kudos Say. to M. Night Shyamalan for being able to bring all the originals back. And that was a great film, by the way. Same thing with Bad Boys uh, 3, I think. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. That's another one. Yep, you are correct. And those are beloved. If, if you notice, like bo both of those examples, when people were watching it, that, that's what the internet was focused on. It was like, wow, they actually brought back the son. You know, wow, they actually brought back like the daughter and, and these like, like even the, the boy who wanted to take uh, Marcus's daughter out on a date, they brought him back and showed him uh -huh. getting married to his daughter. I mean, little, little details like that do not the get The same guy in the comic the shop? Yes. Yep. <laughs> yep. So um, good. 
anyway, uh, a few other things I, that I've been doing. Um, I ended up playing the Final Fantasy VII Remake demo. Steve, I know that you had played it through it already. Um, that was a big deal for me because I never played the Final Fantasy VII game for the original PlayStation. I had watched you uh, play through that the entire time, so everything was brand new. And, and I got to say, I, I'm still really excited for when my pre-order comes in because I thought it was a, a lot of fun to play. I thought the graphics were just gorgeous. Um, I did key on what you had mentioned with like how, when they react to something, they always have kind of a, uh, 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 it's like a very, I think it's a very Japanese thing in in their version of storytelling. Right. But uh, let's see. Oh, I'm trying to get 100% completion on Ori. Now that I've beaten the game, I I think I'm, I have an overall completion rating of like 97%. I'm still trying to figure out how to get the remaining 3% on that. I beat the story mode in Mortal Kombat 11, and uh, I, but I have to admit that I had it on easy mode because I'm not a Mortal Kombat player. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I just wanted to get through and like just be able to see all the different vistas and the characters and stuff. And so, um, and it was it, it's a really well done game. And uh, finally, I also played uh, some more Dead or Alive Six. I've been in this weird fighting game mode lately. Uh, where I'm playing Soul Calibur 6 or Dead or Alive 6 or Mortal Kombat 11. Um, I even pick up Street Fighter 5 every now and then. I don't know. I, I go through these ebbs and flows of being totally in the mood to like, I don't know, to just do some some fighting goodness. So. It's all that pent up rage from being in quarantine. You got to see That's different vistas and uh, you got to get the light out. You know, you, you got to beat on something. That's right, you know. You get stuck in a house and you just want to punch through someone's chest and rip their heart out. Wait, that's that <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I just got to get rid of this pent up tension. <laughs> so, well, let's, uh, let's pivot over to our topic of the day, which is our 2020 video game predictions. I thought it would be fun to kick this off with um, rewinding oh. the clock to the last gen rollout, which I believe happened in 2013. If I'm not mistaken, it was like the E3 of 2013. And um, if you recall, there were a lot of things that that transpired that really set into motion how the, the current gen played out. And um, some of which, if you recall, uh, Microsoft had more of a focus or emphasis on some of the entertainment options of the Xbox One when they debuted that system as opposed to being focused on the games. And that really cost them because it, it started to uh, muddy the waters, if you will, when it comes to like where their dedication lies with this system, because they were kind of wanting to be a, an entertainment jack of all trades. And then the, the other thing that really shot themselves in the foot over was they came out with a price tag that was $100 more expensive than the PS4. And instead of quickly... Um, you know, pouncing on the opportunity to be agile and dynamic and reduce the price or match the price after Sony had come um, out with their price of uh, being a hundred dollars cheaper, they stuck with their, um, their original quote. And that really hurt them um, in the long run. And mainly it had to do with, with the fact that they were still trying to support the connect peripheral, which we all know is now dead in the water it isn't being supported at all, despite the fact that, um, you know, by itself, it was a novel idea, but I think it really proved that, that most gamers just liked to be sitting on their couch playing games with a controller in their hand. So 
as a result, it ended up going through this entire cycle where Sony um, the, has pretty much been the, 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 the victor in this particular uh, console generation. And that's not to say that, that Microsoft was resting on its laurels because they have done a lot over the past several years to try and remedy those, those initial mistakes. But unfortunately, they, in terms of sales numbers, they haven't really been able to catch up to where Sony is with their PS4. But that leads us into where we are headed this year. Um, as we all know, every time this type of cycle comes around, it's kind of like the great equalizer in the sense that it causes all of these um, systems to all of a sudden press a one big giant reset button. And then everyone's going to be wondering, you know, who's going to take the crown for the next gen console. So I thought it'd be fun to be able to um, kind of uh, set up these questions in such a way that we could do a round robin and get um, predictions from each one of us. And then anything that I don't cover with these questions, if you guys have additional predictions as it applies to the next gen console um, war, we'll call it uh, as well as some of the software that's going to be released this year, then we'll, we'll cover that at that point in time. So kicking things off here, um, the hardware for both the PS5 and the Xbox Series X is going to be built in China. Um, I want to pose the question, will, th will there be hesitation to purchase these consoles when they release? What is your prediction, Nick? I'm going to say no. I, I think that the gamers in general are a very rabid fan base. I think that we... We love to get the latest and greatest, and we're always looking to see how the format gets pushed forward. And I think in the long run, um, that's going to have very little influence on on what you end up buying, whether you buy one, the other, or both. Um, I think that ultimately, hardcore gamer, they want their new box, right? They want their new PlayStation. Mm -hmm. And so I think that you're just going to see that the sales will be completely fine in, re in that regard. I don't see that having much effect. What about you, Steve? I would have to humbly agree with uh, Mr. Moose. I would say that um, these corporations that are ginormous, I don't think they would take the risk of having a bunch of lawsuits uh, where people go, hey, I didn't have... COVID-19 until I bought an Xbox and or until I bought a PlayStation. I opened it up and it's from China and now I'm sick. Uh, and so I would think that they would take the, the necessary precautions to make sure that if the, <laughs> if the product is good to go, that a disease is not going to be packed with it and infect their entire fan base. Uh, so, I mean, part of it, so that's part of it. The other part is I would have to just agree with Nick. I, I would say that, uh, you know, everybody is going to want to get it first to be the first to have the bragging rights of being the only one on their block to get one and um we're all we've been looking forward to this for a very long time and so i don't think that's gonna take you know i don't think that's gonna uh add, you know deter anybody from picking up a new system yeah i think i think i am in the same boat as you guys if i could add anything i think consoles will still be released in 2020 i think that 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 is, has been um, kind of in both of the, the company sites for a long time. But I, I predict that the sales will not be as high due to unemployment and, and COVID-19 because as, as it, I currently understand it, I don't think there's going to be any kind of cure that's um, created until 2021, 
which means that there is going to be vulnerability that's out there. I think that, um, uh, I was reading somewhere that, um, the unemployment numbers are, are um, growing more and more. And so naturally if you're unemployed, then you're not as likely to go shell out multiple hundreds of dollars, uh, for a new system. So I think, um, I think that, that there will be a certain amount of hesitation in terms of that, but I do think that the companies will um, stick to their, their release date schedule. I, I would think that probably the only way that that would um, cause them to, to reassess and delay that is if there was some sort of other huge spike in like the pandemic or whatever. But um, yeah, I would say one other thing on that. Um, the only thing I can, I, I tend to agree with you. I think that there will be, the sales numbers won't be what they could have been, but I don't think that you're going to see people not buy a console out of fear of where it's coming from. But the one thing that could happen with delays is you're seeing it right now. Everybody's stuck at home. Everybody wants to play a game. You cannot buy a Nintendo switch right now. Um, cause they're not currently being manufactured because the production facilities are closed. Um, so you, you could see some um, unusual scarcity, which there's always scarcity when these these new uh, systems come out. But it'll be interesting to see if that's worse than normal as a result of uh, a lot of people being stuck at home. And all as a side uh, a side question, um, are are you guys planning on on purchasing a next gen console right when they come out? And if so, which ones and how many? Go ahead, Steve. I'll say 500 of the Series X, please, Alex. Oh, my um, goodness. <laughs> however many teraflops, that's the amount of systems I want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to spray them uh, all down as a courtesy before I sell them. Right. <laughs> Every box comes with a candle I saw. So yeah. <laughs> I would say, yeah, I'm, I'm planning on getting one. Um, I... I'm going to have faith that I won't get sick. And I've been holding out because people have purchased their PS4 Pros and their Xbox One Xs. And I've just held on to my humble systems. And so I didn't shell out the money to buy a whole second system. Um, I'm ready to go. Are you, so are you just gonna, you're going to, you're going to get one. Uh, I'm going to get one and see how that is. Yeah. And then maybe when, Sony has more systems to go and I, uh, I'm making the big bucks, <laughs> hopefully, then I will get the, the second one. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, on that note, I guess. How I'll about go. you, Nick? Yes. So I've been checking every day to see if and when Xbox will put out a pre-order. But then I've also been re- reading a lot about kind of like the strategy this time around, kind of getting back to what you're talking about at the beginning with how things went the last time around with the console releases, um, Xbox has been playing its cards very close to the vest while at the same time releasing a lot of information about the machine itself. They have also been very careful about saying specific release date and also price point. And the rumor has it is that uh, Phil Spencer has been given the okay to be very, um, flexible in what they do. And I think they're specifically waiting for PlayStation to set their price point before they come out with the price point of the Series X. And my guess is that they want to be at the same number or below is what they're shooting for. So I don't think we're going to see a situation where the Xbox is going to be $100 more than the PlayStation 5. So me, I'm going to get the Xbox first. 
and it's I'm an Xbox guy. And the reason why I'm an Xbox guy is kind of petty. It's because I got huge hands and I don't like the PlayStation controller. Ooh. Literally, That's why I currently don't have one. But I will say I love Final Fantasy seven top five game for me all time. And I'm just dying inside that I don't have a PlayStation right now to play the remake. It's killing me. So that aside. But yeah, my plan is to get an Xbox Series X and do a pre-order on one as soon as it becomes available. And then Nick, maybe e- get a PlayStation later. And can I just say you have great hands? I'm just going to say that. Okay, that's oh, all. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. You actually segued. You are a uh, an oracle, perhaps even a soothsayer, or maybe a little bit of both, Nick, because that was my <laughs> next question in the sense that... Um, in terms of uh, price predictions for the Xbox Series X versus the PS5, what are your predictions in terms of what uh, will happen? And it sounds like you've already answered that to a certain extent. Did you want to add anything to it or not? If I were going to put a price point on it, and this may seem crazy because these things are going to be, I mean, when you compare to the current Jaguar cores that our current systems have, um, this new AMD core is like, on both systems, regardless of which one you're getting, is 400 to 600% more powerful. This is a huge jump. This is a much bigger jump than 360 made um, to Xbox and that the PS3 made to the PS4. It's just a significant jump. But I still think you're going to see them come in at 499 I really do, especially with the economy being the way it is. I think that they may have both come in at 599 but... I think that the, the need to sell and get the economy going again because of COVID-19, I would not be surprised to see both of these hit the market at $499. $499. Steve, what do you think? That is actually a very good point. Um, I think Sony in the past has always tried to keep their stuff a little bit uh, under what everybody else has launched their, their stuff at. So I think... I mean, I don't know what the, all these different hardware costs are, but I, it seems to me, like my gut's telling me, that there's probably more expensive stuff inside the Xbox than there is the PlayStation. So if, if Microsoft is pressured to put out a price and they have to say something, I'm going to say 549 and then I think Sony, I don't think they want to get to, to, to 500 quite yet. So I'm going to say they're probably going to be around 475. So the gap will be a little bit closer. I just don't think Sony's ready to get into the 500 territories yet. But Microsoft's already been there. Plus, they just released the X, the, the, or not just released, but, you know, they had the One X. I think that was 500 bucks. And so if they just release a brand new system with and asking for another 500 bucks, um, I mean, they can't say the new system is going to be cheaper. And I, I would think that the PR wouldn't be very good where they released another system and said, hey, this is just as expensive as the the One X was. I think they have to show that, you know, the, the, the money has to be a little bit higher in because it's a higher end system. That's going to be a tough ball to, uh, to catch because I think Nick's uh, right on the money. I mean, you know, folks are hard pressed to, to shell out the money. Eventually, they will go back to work and eventually they will be bringing home more, more money. But... Um, I don't know. It, it, it's hard. It's a hard say. Um, I just think initially Microsoft is going to be more expensive like they were last time than, than Sony will. Okay. I have for my, so, okay. <clears throat> um, I, I, I tend to agree with, with uh, both of you guys on this. Um, my prediction is I think that having Phil Spencer be the kind of the head of Xbox, 
um, for for this go around is is a very good thing for Microsoft because he was not mm-hmm. the one calling the shots when Xbox One was released. He he came on board right around when the Xbox uh, was it One S was released. That was like the first time we got kind of uh, um, introduced to to Mr. Spencer, but. He strikes me as someone who really has his finger on the pulse of the of the gaming community, and he has a, a very down to earth quality about him. I think what he and Xbox is going to do, I think they're going to they're going to wait this time for Sony to reveal their price, and then they're going to match it. That's what I think they're totally going to do. Agree. I think I think that it would be um, very smart of them to do it this way because they've always like Microsoft traditionally in the past has always been the first to kind of come out. Like they kind of pride themselves on just coming out and saying, yep, this is what we have. This is how much it's going to cost. And they stick by it. I think that Phil is being very strategic this go around with what's going on. I think that he has been studying the mistakes that Microsoft has made in the past. And I think that he is adamant about not repeating those same mistakes. So that's what I think is going to happen. And I think it's going to be interesting because Sony is not used to having to um, play their cards first. So it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out. But having said that, I think if I had to make a guess, I think the the systems will probably retail for between four hundred and fifty and five hundred dollars, right around there. I think that like I think the the original price point for both consoles was probably going to be about five hundred dollars, but due to the circumstances going on, um, I could totally see them knocking fifty bucks off and saying four fifty. Moving right along, uh, let's see here. What did I put down here? I, I lost track of where I was. Oh, well, okay. So this is kind of a this is this is kind of a part B. Will <laughs> the three thousand percent jump in jobless claims affect their original price point, Nick? You know, I it could it could. I mean, it, and we may never know exactly how or if it does. Um, It'll be interesting to see how it plays out because you, you've got one one half of analysts that think, oh, there's just no way these things are going to be delivered on time in the holiday season this year. They're going to all get delayed. And my opinion is if that happens, then we may see them come out at whatever original price point they had planned when they come back into a more robust economy, assuming that things start to die down. Um, if they do release on time, I wouldn't be surprised if they do come in at, at a lower price point. I mean, honestly, when you consider what you're getting inside either one of these, and it really doesn't matter which one you get, you're going to be getting a pretty pretty substantial upgrade and a good machine. Yeah. And I think that they both have shown that in this generation and in previous generations. They they both make a quality product. Um, but I think what you're going to you're going to see if if it comes out if there wasn't COVID-19, maybe these maybe both of these come out 100 bucks higher because that's kind of in the trend is that each generation the console costs about a hundred dollars more than the last version did so mm-hmm. but it's going to be hard to say if we'll actually get to see exactly what the savings are versus what they were going to sell them at i, I don't really know but um i wouldn't be surprised yeah kind of a long-winded yeah. way of getting to this kind of just rambling here but i wouldn't be Not surprised a little bit at a lower rate than i think that most people were expecting how about that how about so you Steve? expecting 600 I think they'll keep the price where it is. I think that that uh, when something is brand spanking new to the market, people rush out to get it, and therefore quantities of, that are available to get are lower. But 
I don't think they would lower their price versus all, based on um, unemployment or, or, or job claims. I would think that that would probably balance out their, their shipments and they would have a steady flow, at least on Microsoft's side. I can't really say the same for Sony, um, but I, I don't know. I, I just see, I mean, if you think about, um, I think if you think about other stuff that, 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 uh, you know, games not included, like, you know, would Mercedes lower their cost to, to fit a Toyota Corolla? I highly doubt it. The Mercedes is a Mercedes. Uh, you know, is, is Ferrari going to lower their costs? Is, you know, someone else going to, I, I just don't think so because these things cost a certain amount of dollars to, to put together and to sell and the companies have to make a profit from them and they might not ship as many, but I think the cost will still be the same. I think that, that they're expecting everyone's going to go back to work. It might take a little bit more time, but eventually, um, since people really do want the stuff that's coming out, uh, they'll, they'll be willing to pay for it. Maybe maybe that'll be the only gift they get for Christmas, uh, but they're still going to go out and get it. On that Let's note, change. Quick, oh, sure. Just really quick. Um, so, I don't, and I can't give you an exact quote of where I've heard this, but I've heard a number of times that... Um, that both Microsoft and PlayStation, that they actually take it in the pants when they make these consoles because they're actually pretty expensive to make. Um, and it's been that way for, the, I think, the last two generations. So um, I don't know where they make their money up at, but generally speaking, I, I'm pretty sure I've heard that like when they sell these things, generally they're losing money initially on what it costs them to do yeah. that. Definitely the margin on the system is definitely low. I mean, I've uh, sold them for Target and Best Buy. And at one point when I think it was PS3, but uh, we sold it even at Magnolia. And uh, I mean, there was hardly any margin in it. I mean, I think I'm trying to remember what it was. It was no more than 20%. It was, I'm trying to remember if it was single digit or double digits, but it wasn't, it definitely was not above 20% margin. Which is insane because isn't most stuff at least 200%? Um, no, I wouldn't say most stuff. I mean, I would say a good 50%, uh, is, is margin. I mean, on, on certain stuff, other stuff would be, uh, you know, what that had circuitry in it, I would say between, you know, minimum 30%. Sometimes it would go lower than like to 29%, but, um, definitely hovers around 30% and up 30 was definitely the lower end of the spectrum, but, um, yeah, anything that had circuitry in it, definitely around 30% and up anything else that, uh, you know, that was, I like an accessory, Oh man, yeah, fifty percent minimum and up for sure. I mean, cables, that sort of thing. Yeah, that was definitely about two hundred percent for sure. This includes part one of our two-part series on the twenty twenty video game predictions. Tune in next week for our continuation of various types of predictions that we have. You won't want to miss it. But uh, that wraps up this episode of Joygasm. Make sure you tune in next week. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed this episode, we invite you to check out patreon.com slash joygasm, spelled J-O-Y-G-A-S-M, and consider becoming a monthly contributor. You'll get exclusive perks and early access to the show, not to mention it really helps us continue doing what we love to do. Also, you can follow us on social media and YouTube. Just do a search for Joygasm TV. Last but not least, search Joygasm TV on Twitch to see us stream our gaming adventures live every Wednesday night at 9.30 p.m. Central Time. We will see you all next week. <laughs>